Welcome to a new episode of FI Insight, the Global Financial Institutions Industry Podcast. My name is Chris Muir. I am an attorney in the Zurich office of Baker McKenzie, working in the FinTech, Wealth Management and Compliance Investigations practice groups. This episode focuses on China. For the last few decades, China has emerged as a regional and global powerhouse. With this rise comes increased regulatory activity, but also new innovations that can make up a dynamic ecosystem for financial institutions in the country. Joining us today are Kevin Wan, a partner in our Shanghai office, and Luca Li, an associate from the Shanghai office. Our two lawyers recently penned an article entitled China's Finance Sector, the Financial Revolution in 2020 and Beyond for the China Law in Practice publication. Today, they will talk about some of their key findings and provide additional perspective on the market for financial institutions in China. Thank you for joining us, Kevin and Luca. Would you like to introduce yourselves for our listeners? Hi, thank you, Philip. Uh, this is Kevin Yuan from uh, Baker McKenzie Shanghai office. Uh, I'm the partner for uh, financial services and uh, work with Luca and uh, glad to share my view with the uh, audience. Uh, sure. Um, I'm Luca Li. I work at the Baker McKenzie Financial Shanghai office. Thank you to have. I'm very glad to have the opportunity to, to share about the um, information in the past 2020 in the financial market. Thank you so much, Luca and Kevin. Uh, thank you for joining us and thank you for the introduction. So as an overview, can you set the scene for us in terms of how financial institutions have performed during the this time in the pandemic? Uh, the sudden outbreak of COVID-19 makes 2020 a very long and audience year of L2 everyone, including the financial institutions in global financial industry. Though there may be some hazards for the overquick development for the financial institutions, and many FIs may have slowed down their steps. The emergence of epidemic should also be regarded as an opportunity. For example, those innovative financial services providers that are committed to people's daily life and respond to customers' needs in real time has grabbed the opportunity to quick develop and will have more room for growth in the future. And I think that, uh, for example, uh, maybe some uh, online game companies and the uh, online shopping e-commerce platform that may have a great development in this uh, special period. So that's what we call the opportunity to develop more. Great. So can you talk about the impact of the pandemic for financial institutions in China, uh, where there have been significant steps um, undertaken in order to mitigate the risks and effects associated with the pandemic? And on a high level, what were particular issues uh, that these tried to address? Okay. So... um like, like all the market participants in the global market, uh, 2020 has also been a tough year for the financial institutions in China. But uh, however, even in such a harsh environment, China mainland um, authorities is still moving fast on the road of financial opening up and innovation with no hesitation. Uh, in the meantime, in the process of financial revolution opening up, um, 
the government and of course the uh, independent financial institutions have paid special attention to enhance economic inclusive inclusivity, promoting the healthy development of the insurance business and carry on the financial service sector opening up. So um, also everyone is working hard to further develop the fintech function to promote financial efficiency. So we, uh, on a high level, I, well, I, I think the most important thing that to address is that uh, in a very special period in, 2000, in 2020, and um, even though there's many turbulence and difficulties, uh, the opening up steps is, has not been stopped. And uh, with the severe atmosphere, so everyone is trying to develop and also pay a lot of lot much attention to the uh, compliance uh, risk control and uh, other efficiencies to the function of the different organizations. And now going to some of the specifics, we've observed that China's financial sector is almost fully opened and that certain foreign capital restrictions on foreign investment in the financial sector have been abolished. Uh, can you elaborate on the steps made in relation to this? According to the negative list in 2020, published by NDRC and the Ministry of Commerce of PRC, compared with the 2019 version negative list, the restriction of foreign shares ratio in the security companies, security investment fund management companies, future companies and life insurance companies have all been abolished. In other words, from the perspective of the institution establishment, Chinese financial sector has been fully opened and uh, foreign investors can decide the shareholding structure of its financial subsidiaries in China based on their own investment strategy in the future. All right. So what are some of the steps undertaken to further open up investment channels for foreign investors? How has this changed from previous policy and what are the drivers that led to these changes? Uh, for, for example, the, the new QV and RQV rules make it more convenient for QV and RQV to invest in mainland China by such as merging the QV and RQV qualifications and system rules into one, lowering the entry threshold, relaxing access conditions, simplifying the application documents, and shortening the time limit for review and approval. Uh, on the other hand, the QV and RQV rules have also steadily and orderly expanded the scope of investment. Uh, also, multiple rules have been promulgated to support the technology innovation and financial sector opening up in GBA area. Uh, of course, there is also the coming wealth management connect between mainland and Hong Kong. Uh, well, inclusion, all the aforementioned steps have been the results of, of PRC's regulatory authorities approach of further opening up and making PRC financial market more attractive and efficient for the investors around the world. Thanks, Luca. Uh, there is a move to diversify financial products across Guadong, Hong Kong, Macau, and GBA. And one of the examples you included was Wealth Management Connect. Can you give us some specifics on this? 
Are there other initiatives or plans around launching similar policies to further diversify financial products across those regions? Yes, uh, Wealth Management Connect will be enable residents in mainland cities in the Greater Bay Area to invest in eligible wealth management products distributed by banks in Hong Kong and Macau. And meanwhile, allow residents of Hong Kong and Macau to invest in wealth management products issued by participating mainland banks. Wealth Management Connect is a further exciting development for individual resident investors looking for cross-border diversification in their investment portfolio. Representing another important milestone in the opening of cross-border capital accounts and the China mainland financial markets, Wealth Management Connect facilitates cross-border investment by individuals and deepens financial cooperation in GBA. We understand the Wealth Management Connect will be formally implemented quite soon. We believe there will be more similar plan in the near future. Going to some of the trends, um, one of the trends we're seeing globally is the accelerated pace of digital transformation. In China, there is strengthening support for the fintech innovation, um, but with appropriate risk control measures. What are some of the measures put in place in order to foster, but at the same time regulate innovations around fintech? Um, fintech has undoubtedly become the core driving force of the modern economy re in recent years and brought along new challenges to financial safety at the same time. Uh, so, uh, aside from the supporting attitude towards fintech innovation, Chinese regulatory authorities have always been very cautious with the risks related with fintech innovation. Um, that's why PBOC set up the fintech committee as early as 2017 to guide the fintech business in China. And uh, after that, issued the fintech development plan in 2019 to set the aim of fintech, which includes the advanced and controllable fintech applications, steady enhancement of financial service capabilities, obvious level up of financial risk control, the continuous elevation of financial supervision, perfection of fintech support, and the glamorous development of fintech industry. So in consistent of the above mentioned regulatory aims, um, more detailed rules related with fintech risk control has been consecutively published in the past to 2020. One of the things from the article that you focused on was the legal protection of personal information. And in terms of strengthening personal information protection, what are some of the things to be expected from the personal information protection law? Uh, the legal protection of personal information is an increasingly prominent problem with the development of information society over the past half century. And it becomes even more crucial along with the rapid development of fintech in recent years. To enhance the protection of personal information, the PBO, PRC already published the draft of the Personal Information Protection Law in October 2020. As the first law specifically, specifically 
providing for the protection of personal information. The draft of the personal information protection law will become the basic law in the field of personal information protection after its formal promulgation. The formal promulgation of the draft will protect the personal privacy and information on the internet more comprehensively and completely and play a crucial role in strengthening the industry self-discipline of fintech enterprises. Great. Now let's turn to the online micro lending business and setting up clear rules for that industry. What are some of the things to be expected from the tentative measures for the administration on online petty loan business guidance? Okay, these measures are expected to come into force soon and uh, bring strict restrictions on and uh, standards of micro lending uh, enterprises such as the restrictions on cross-region business operation, the minimum registration capital requirement, the ratio of financing amount and the net asset, and the capital amount of the loans provided to individuals and constitutional borrowers, etc. All the existing macro lending enterprises in China shall take steps to meet the requirements within one year since the official promulgation. For those macro lending enterprises that have conducted cross-region lending business without appropriate approval, these measures have also set a three-year grace period for them to meet all the requirements. Um, and the relevant enterprises shall orderly scaling down the existing cross-region business with such grace period. Turning to controlling systemic risks, recent measures have been implemented to plug regulatory loopholes, expand financial reforms, and reduce risks. What are some of the expected effects of these measures, particularly in relation to holding companies? Yeah, uh, in recent years, a growing number of financial holding companies owned or controlled by non-financial companies have been expanding into the financial sectors without being regulated in terms of market access. As these financial holding companies tend to be large in scale and run diversified business operations that can impact national financial security and social and public interests, the authorities sought need to diffuse the accumulated systematic risks. Here, this new main regulatory loopholes, deepening financial reforms are made uh, efforts to maintain market order, reducing risks and enhancing support for the real economy. We believe these measures not only will help bring stability to China financial sector, but also create a more conductive environment and relatively level playing field for everyone. This has been great. And now to our last question, looking ahead, what specific changes can we further expect in the Chinese market? And what should financial institutions and FIs prepare for? Perhaps one of you can give us some perspective on what to expect moving forward. Um, 
Briefly speaking, by promulgating the above mentioned laws and regulations, Chinese authorities have shown the determination of financial opening up um, and revolution in the chaotic 2020, together with the acute sense of risk control. Uh, we believe that the Chinese regulatory authorities will stick to such trend in the coming 2021, uh, which will bring huge developing space in Chinese financial sector and uh, make mainland China an uh, attractive financial center to the global investors. So accordingly, uh, the financial institutions shall be sensitive of the coming changes and reforms made, or we can say led by the regulatory authorities and uh, keep up with the developing paces, as well as being very cautious about the potential risks and the com compliance requirements. Fantastic. Thank you, both of you. This really gave us a great perspective on where the Chinese market for financial institutions is heading and what to expect from the country in the future. Thank you so much, Kevin and Luca, for joining us today. And thank you so much to our listeners. If you have found this podcast helpful, you may be interested to know that Baker McKenzie has produced a series of podcasts in relation to the theme of resilience, recovery, and renewal in the light of the COVID-19 crisis. We will also be releasing trends-focused podcasts in line with the ongoing series Finding Balance, the post-COVID landscape for financial institutions. We will also take a closer look in the future uh, with episodes on Brexit and its implications for financial institutions. My name is Chris Muir, and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us for the next episode of FI Insight.